You are now locked in to the Fresh Off The Boat podcast, where we make the uncomfortable conversations comfortable. In this episode, I talk to Preeti, an individual well immersed in the world of fine arts. We discuss the intricacies of being a performer, the relationship between Hinduism and Karnataka music, and how young people can still access the fine arts despite their age. Enjoy. So this is episode three. We have Preeti with us. How are you, Preeti? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. <laughs> so so hot today. Um, it's actually, yeah. it was raining in the morning, but it's all right. Yeah, well, that's England weather, weather for you, man. I'm sweating right now. I'm just drinking my water. Anyway, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. I'm at home right now, back in London. Um, came back on Friday. Yeah. This is for Vijay Dashini. Yeah, I came back for Saraswati Pulsa. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And how's that going? It's all right. I had um. So I went to temple yesterday. We had a pulsa at temple, and then today we had a pulsa at my dad's uh, tuition center. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. How are you? How's going? I feel like with with Navaratri and everything, like I do it, but like a lot of the time, I don't know why I'm doing it. Like I do understand the basic concepts of it, mm-hmm. but I feel like with loads of things that we do um like do you know like just stuff like be vegetarian on friday and be yeah. vegetarian and choosing stuff like for a long yeah. for the longest time i just never questioned it um, mm, yeah same yeah but then when you question it and then you understand why we do it that makes it makes sense but then there are times where i've talked to my parents about certain things about why we do certain stuff like vegetarian on like a saturday like stuff like that yeah and they wouldn't be able to answer it it's just like a special nile or something special day sorry for those yeah who, listeners no who. it's it's a bit like different and it's a bit weird for some people because they don't really understand what's going on and also sometimes their parents don't understand it either yeah um so they're just like oh we've been following tradition for so so long yeah um so they never felt the need to question their parents so then they're just like why are you questioning me kind of thing yeah so i guess that's what's the problem in our generation where people don't understand because their parents might not also understand yeah, to an extent yeah. yeah that's but then that's a hard that's a that's a hard thing to like um to sort of like to get to grips with because if mm. if you do the same thing um with your own children but you don't understand yeah. why you're doing it like if yeah, your child exactly. comes up to you like why are we vegetarian on friday and you're yeah. like it's a special day like yeah. they're, they're, they're gonna look at you like i'm not gonna do it then. so yeah, i think exactly. it is important for like to have it's important to understand there. yeah it's exactly. important to understand why you do it yeah and i don't know if you know shakishnan yeah 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 uh, yeah Shaki. Yeah. Shaki. yeah he explains stuff quite well like if you ask him like he will explain it in english so yeah. everyone can understand yeah and he'll yeah. explain it in like a in terms that we understand as well yeah which is a lot easier that's what we need like i feel like yeah. people like shaki is like the bridge between that generation the older generation yeah, exactly. and our generation mm-hmm. um and we need a lot, a lot more people like that um, yeah, really. to sort of wonder because I know you you're quite religious but you also understand why we do a lot of the things yeah I wouldn't do. say I understand a lot I, I understand to a certain level yeah but um as, as I grow up like I am learning a lot more mm. but I wouldn't say like I know a lot okay too. fine but how are you like with learning like it's not religion is something that you can just go find a textbook and just read it everything yeah. but how do you learn how do you learn that kind of stuff um i guess like because i've been going temple for a long like since i was a baby basically um i've been quite involved with stuff that goes on at the temple like during tevla and stuff i'll go pretty much every day i'll try and go every day and i'll try and help out um and i guess so 
for Ealing, Ealing on Mincoil, um, I've been going, so for the past few years, I've been going with one of our family friends mm. and she tends to stay and help. So her name's Chitra Aunty. Um, she tends to stay and help out at the end, like to clear stuff up, tidy up. So when she stays, obviously I have to stay as well because I, I don't have a lift home. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Um, so when she helps, the ayahs will like call me and tell me to help as well, fold saris with them, like minika the balakas and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like that has had an impact on getting closer to mm. like temple rituals and all that stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and I guess just, you don't even need to go to the temple to be religious, to be honest. Mm. Like I don't, sometimes I hate going to the temple when it's so packed and crowded, like especially during the it's so crowded like i'm sure you know yeah um and sometimes it gets a bit i don't know a bit you know annoying yeah. to go when it's so crowded but so you don't really need to go to temple to be so religious i think just finding that connection between you and god like yeah. when i when i pray i tend to speak to god like i yeah. literally speak to him as if he's my he's my mate like yeah yeah, yeah 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 and I'm like, okay, I just question God. I speak to him. Like, I just assume that I'm getting answers. But, mm. uh, and just having that conversation, you just need to find your way of praying, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And your way of how you can expand your religion, if that makes sense as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Because yeah. I literally do the same thing. Like, every morning I'll, I'll pray before I go, um, mm. go somewhere, or like university or whatever um but what like what i'm hoping to do now or like trying to do now is trying to understand hinduism because i'm a hindu you're a hindu Mm -hmm. but we i want to try and understand the just everything else about hinduism like obviously you having the conversation with god and praying to god is one one aspect of it one aspect isn't it hinduism hinduism is like a massive ocean yeah i'd say and we only really and truly experience like a drop of that ocean yeah if that's a way to put it um there's so much about hinduism that we don't know yet and there's so much that you can learn like this navratri specifically um i was doing this there was this concept that came about within my dance group um that i'm doing and it's actually airing today um and it's about how during navratri you have nine different goddesses so nine different forms of devi and before i thought it was just three so three days yeah yeah and then when i when we were doing this uh concept and organizing this show um we i came across so we the i the concept was doing the nine forms Mm. and before this i didn't actually realize or even know at all about these nine different forms that were specific to each day and it was so interesting because you just you discover new things all the time all the time yeah yeah yeah. so it's such a big like ocean that you can learn from and there's so much to learn as well yeah that's why it's so interesting like religion in general but as a hindu um the whole concept of hinduism is so interesting but at the same time i feel like it's quite daunting like for me if i want to like for the longest time I've always wanted to know about all the gods what they kind of like represent um why we do certain things but then Mm -hmm. like obviously I'll try to have conversations with my parents they they don't know everything right um 
and it's just finding trying to find the way in which i should learn about mm-hmm. hinduism like because there's so much to know where do we kind yeah. of start right yeah it is very daunting because there's so much and i guess like the more people you talk to and the more the, the best people to talk to i would say are ayers mm. because because they know so much and even if they even if you ask them like a simple question they'll give you like such a big explanation for it and even today the ayer was saying so i sang a stanza of the shamla dandagam mm. today at the pusa and the ayer was like i'm so happy you sang that because that whole so there's not many songs on Saraswati like devoted to Saraswati that you, that many people know mm. and when I sang that stanza he was like that Shamala Dandagam is such a big if you sing that that's like a massive worship to mm. Saraswati yeah and but not a lot of people know that and I only personally know the first stanza I don't know the rest of it mm. so and getting that blessings i'm like seeing singing these different songs and doing these sing, saying these um various mandras and stuff there's so much to it and like the intricacies of each specific word itself getting the explanation for them uh is just so like how do i say it it's so specific mm. but it's so different and it's so like wide if that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah no that that does make sense it, it just like highlights how especially like when you're younger you don't really mm-hmm. understand a lot of the things you do yeah. just generally in life but yeah. more importantly than like stuff like religion and stuff but then when you mm-hmm. start growing up you understand why things were made in a certain way or things yeah. are sung in a certain way mm-hmm. um it gives you more appreciation for the culture and more appreciation for the religion yeah and when you actually do what like sing it play um mm-hmm. instrument because you understand it you, there's more flavor to your sort yeah. of um what well, entertainment isn't it um yeah definitely um so one thing that i got from all of it, just what we're talking about religion um was the connection it has to fine arts um mm. which obviously for you it's it's a big thing um yeah. it's also a big thing for me and loads of people who are probably listening yeah. um what, what is how would you define fine arts actually i think it's hard to define it's an art form when i say art not necessarily like painting or drawing or anything an art form where it's an old form to express things mm. without words mm-hmm. essentially okay without words yeah yeah um of course like singing does have words but you could also express emotions and stories through different ragams and parlams and all of that stuff yeah as well and fine arts essentially are more connected to religion yeah like sure. i wouldn't i wouldn't say yeah so i feel like fine arts will be more connected to religion um and you're just expressing what you want to say or a story you want to say or your emotions through music or dance yeah i think that's that's a good way to put it because at the end of the day like fine arts music dance and everything it's an art form it's a craft that yeah. you can't to obviously start off start it off you would obviously have to learn the the basics what dalams mm-hmm. and the beats and stuff especially percussion um mm-hmm. but for you just like songs and stuff but then when you grow older you start to understand 
again, like religion, the intricacies, and they kind yeah. of play around with these intricacies to show off, obviously, on stage. Because at the end of the day, you're an entertainer, aren't you? When yeah, you're on stage, you're an um, artist. So there is that fine line be- uh, between becoming um, between being a musician and then being an artist. Because mm. as a musician, I guess you're just you're playing for entertainment. As an artist, you're kind of making your own sort of interpretations you're of yeah. You're portraying exactly. your emotions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, obviously, the basics will be there the basic song yeah um but you just kind of put stuff on it that's from mm-hmm. your own sort of creative yeah. imagination right um so for you I know fine arts is such an important thing for you um mm-hmm. and not just you your whole family is very immersed in that in that world yeah. how did you get into it um both dance and singing because I know you do both um and what is your journey what was your journey like so Initially, I was taken with by my parents. I was taken to classes by my parents. I was taken to Tamil school, where I was put into Tamil class. <laughs> um, I was put into vocal, I was put into dance. Um, and my brother was also put into Tamil class, and then he was put into Mridangam. And so initially, it was my parents' push. It was, you need to go to this class and we're gonna go to Tamil school today. Every week we'd go to Tamil school, we'd go to these classes. And so with me, I continued both all three Tamil music and dance. My brother stopped Tamil because he was in the same class as me. <laughs> That's pretty go very fine. And then, but he continued Murilangam, but he can speak Tamil. Um, and then I guess you just develop a passion for it or like a liking first you develop a liking for it I wouldn't yeah. call it a passion um and then as you grow up you just enjoy it more it's de- very dependent on I'd say it's very dependent on your teacher firstly yeah. you should have a good relationship with them because the teacher is who introduces you to the art form mm. and they're the ones who teach you and take you through your journey yeah and the better relationship you have with your teacher, the better your, the more passion and liking you'll have for that art form. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, I guess, as I grew up personally, I just, I was very involved. So my parents were very involved with just the whole music industry. They were always like helping out in shows, like on and the master's shows every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. All the shows they'd help out. And um, also my dance teachers and my vocal masters and f- my flute masters shows and Tom school. They were very involved with Tom school and helped out a lot at shows and stuff. So I guess from seeing them help out, it was also it was also a kind of assumption that I would be there mm. and be performing and be helping. Yeah. But I didn't really like now looking back on it um, when I was young, I guess it was an assumption that I would take part. But as as I was growing up, it wasn't an assumption for me. It was more of a, I like doing this, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously, as I grew up, um, the less like I, as I left Tamil school, I was still still I was still involved with music and dance and flute. So I guess I did have that passion for it to continue because my brother was involved in rhythm. He was heavily involved. And he was very, very close to master as well. Um, so because of that, 
we our family was quite close to Mars and he always gave opportunities for me to perform mm -hmm. so I guess getting those opportunities made it easier for me to get that passion for the art form yeah and continue with it yeah I think that makes sense it's a it's quite a common story isn't it um with your with parents kind of pushing you to start yeah um I guess that's how everyone most people start yeah but for me personally um so obviously I started music um so I have stories for how I started both music and dance. Go for it, go for it. <laughs> when I was like, uh, I think I must have been, when my mom says I was two, but I really don't think I was two. I think I was like old. three. Mad, yeah. okay. I think I was like three. Okay, three. Or four, I don't know. But she says, she claims I was two. Yeah. And, but I really feel that I was a bit older. Mm. Um, and I was at, I think it was a program or a concert or something. Maybe it was even Temple. And someone sang the Tirpugo Mutetaru. Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, you must know that. Yeah. yeah. So, and after like hearing that, apparently I said, I want to learn that. It's a bop so, though, I can't lie. Yeah, <laughs> it actually is. Um, so apparently I told my mom, I want to learn that. And my vocal teacher taught me that. At the age of three. That, I this is what I mean like I actually think it was like four. a whole Mr. Chopper age of three okay fine go on <laughs> okay I'm not I don't think I sang it in Thailand but okay I just but learned you, the, yeah, yeah you I sang like, the learned the yeah. song yeah so and I sang that when I was young yeah and then I think that's when I developed my interest in music mm -hmm. and obviously seeing that that's when I obviously um started attending more classes and stuff like that mm -hmm. and started training a bit more well, I wouldn't call it training at that age, but starting Yeah, off. getting into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then with dance as well, I was at Tamil school and my mum had a lot of jobs at Tamil school at that time. Yeah. And Anna was at Tamil class. Yeah. And so after my Tamil lessons in my vocal class, um, I'd always hover around the dance class area. Mm. And I'd always like just watch through the window. when I And I was like four years old at this point because dance teacher only took on student, takes on students when they're five just because yeah. they they need some leg strength right yeah 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 that's yeah. too much they're just going to give up straight away so she mm. says they have to be five years old just to even start and i was about four and i used to hover around dance class the outside the room so then one day my mom just went to dance teacher and she was like um do you mind if she sits in your lessons and miss was like uh she's like a little baby kid yeah <laughs> but, yeah yeah but she did say yeah she was like yeah if she can stay quiet and just sit and watch that's completely fine with me mm. and then so at that age I sat and watched so after I finished Tamil music my singing I sat and watched the dance classes of the older girls mm. and just I don't, obviously I don't remember I don't remember watching them but Miss would always tell me stories how I just sit there and just watch them and like I wouldn't make a noise like I just sit there and watch like yeah. that's all I do um, I wouldn't speak, I wouldn't do anything. I'd just sit and watch them. And I feel like even though I don't remember it, I feel like that would have had an impact on yeah. how much I liked dance. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Especially at such an such such a young age and getting that exposure. Yeah, I um, feel like it's important that you get exposure at such a young age though. Yeah, yeah. Because you, when you're young, you don't really have any other worries or any other things to think about. Exactly, yeah. So just having exposure to different 
things, whether it be the arts or whether it be, I don't know, any sort of instrument, dance, whether it be, it doesn't even need to be like fine arts. It can be literally hip hop, ballet, mm, yeah. um, dance or anything. Um, and just having that exposure or just being able to see something. And as a kid, if you have, if you watch something and you like it, you like, you're not going to stop watching it. Yeah, that's true. And then you also ask, you'll be like, yeah, I want to learn that because you're not old enough to be like, oh, do I have time? Will I be able to fit this into my schedule kind of exactly, thing? Exactly, yeah. Because so, you have so much free time as a yeah, kid. Yeah, you literally are doing nothing. Yeah. You're so. literally sitting, sleeping, eating. That's exactly. It. You have no responsibilities as well. Literally nothing. So I think it's good, it's important to have that exposure at such a young age. And yeah. I feel like because I had the exposure of the fine arts, that's why my interest started. Mm. Fine. Maybe if I had exposure to something else, like I don't know, say hip hop or something yeah, like that. You'd be like a might, rapper or something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not, but maybe uh, my interest would be somewhere else. Yeah, you know? no, that makes sense. Like but because I started fine arts, I started rhythm very late, like at the age well, yeah. I think it's quite late. It was 11, uh, 11, 11 years. And like mm. compared to everyone else in the group or the people I did Marathon with who started when they were like five, six, had whatever, like their their fingers like people who know percussion like you need time for your fingers to settle on on either a rhythm or a tabla or whatever yeah. and at the age of 11 it's hard to kind of start at that age because your fingers have kind of they're kind of you know it's hard to manipulate them so yeah. i've always felt just because i started really late i was kind of out not out of touch but like i know like an imposter in the group because i started really late um i get i get why you'd feel like that but it's, I feel like it's important to know that it is never too late to start something. Okay, that was the point I was going to make. Like, <laughs> was was age for you? Do you think age isn't a big, like, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can start anything? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, as in, I know a lot of students who start with Miss. So, with my dance teacher, she they started as an adult, as a mum. Oh, okay. And Fine. that is actually, I find that really inspiring. That is very inspiring, yeah. Because, um, I don't know if I get to that age and I want to start a new art form. I don't know if I'd have the guts to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'd just be so scared. And just to have that, pluck up that courage to even start mm. is just massive. Because arts is actually really, really hard to start if you don't start at a young age. But just to have that, like, passion for it, that interest for it yeah. can take you so, so many places. Yeah, and yeah. it's just so inspiring to see people that start at a later age. Mm. Which is like, especially at later age where they have so much more responsibilities, a lot less free time, but you're still making time for a passion. Yeah, I, think that's... I feel like that, that's the level of their interest. Like yeah. they love they love the art so much. They have so much interest for it yeah. that they put in the effort to start or carry on. Or exactly. Yeah. I think that's such a, such a big thing, especially like, because we're all, like not all of us, but we're students now. We're at an age where, um there's a lot of other things we should be not we yeah. should be but we have going on mm -hmm. and loads of people after you know they leave school they might stop doing or yeah, yeah stop doing the fine arts um but you have kept doing it what's how have you sort of balanced because doing like fine arts it's not just going to classes it's going to rehearsals going to concert yeah that you know the rehearsals will stay until like 1am yeah. how do you balance that with 
university uh, do you get me like a degree is nothing easy mm-hmm. so how would you what what's your advice to people it's definitely hard i'm not gonna lie and say it's easy yeah um and i can't lie i have when i did start university i did lose quite a bit of touch because mm. i was in and out of london i didn't have the facilities to practice there yeah but and it is and it is really hard to keep in touch but i guess because i had opportunities come up where so for example anime master would ask me to perform at a show mm. or dancers would be like come back i need you to perform for anime show and yoni master would be like oh come back i need you to do this accompany yeah. here um i because i had those opportunities it was quite i i mean like i had to i, I couldn't say no because before yeah. uni i'd never said no like my life was so busy and I'm sure everyone who's in that finance field, their lives were so busy. Mm. And like, you'd have a show like every weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like I know some people would, like, I know one of my aunties, she'd um, like one of our family friends, she'd, she'd drop me to the station every morning for school. Mm. And she'd always be like, I don't know how you take on so much at this age and just like carry on to school and then come back, go to classes, do shows, go to rehearsals this than the other yeah and I guess when I went to uni it was a lot harder because I go to uni in Loughborough yeah and coming back isn't just like it's not just down the road yeah yeah exactly it was a a lot harder coming for rehearsals was a lot harder and I guess just because you you like it's not impossible to do Mm -hmm. it's not um you just have to have that mindset where you think, okay, yeah, I can do it. I have the ability to do it. I have my skills that I've collated for over all these years. And I, I haven't lost those skills all of a sudden. Like they don't mm. go away within like two weeks. So you still have those skills. You just need to give it a little practice and you'll be fine. Yeah. You just have to have that self belief at the end of the day like if your mindset is very much like you know what i can do it um Mm -hmm. i'll make time for it like fair enough we all go like people go university or people have a job they still have free time right it's not like we're doing this 24 7 yeah if we just sort of shift our workload here and there we will find time and i think it's also yeah sorry it's also important to be transparent with your your guru or your teacher Mm -hmm. telling them listen i won't be able to commit the same amount of time I did before yeah but I will try my best kind of thing which I think is very important yeah so just more about so fine arts we're basically talking about current artic music right Mm -hmm. um for you what is your favorite thing about current artic music that you don't think you find in western music like the other side of music basically um I think I'd say the improvisation yeah because that's such a big part of Carnatic music it's and the Hindus and like just Indian fine arts in general mm-hmm. creativity improvisation we call it monodharma mm-hmm. it's such a massive part of the fine arts mm-hmm. um, and to get to that stage it does take a long time and it is very difficult because for years like my mom would be like oh can you just sing some Malabana? Can you just 
play some Kalpana's worms, just do yeah. something useful. And I would just be like, Mom, it's hard. I don't think you understand. Yeah. And and it is very hard. Like my teachers would like they'd tell me a lot of kind of kind of good. Um, so calculations calculations yeah. yeah wow that was really bad <laughs> um they told me a lot of calculations and be like oh so within a thalam this is where it starts and yeah. up until then you can sing whatever you want in that ragam yeah and but so saying it is actually really easy but it's not easy to do yeah but once you get it it doesn't let go yeah yeah once think, you get it yeah it like it's like a flow so once you you it's like you reach a point it's like you get to an obstacle yeah and then to overcome that obstacle you need some sort of just like some sort of spark yeah yeah in your brain that yeah. tells you oh this is the way to overcome it yeah and until you get that spark or just something it can literally be the tiniest thing or even it could just be a matter of practice. Yeah. Practice is a massive thing that helps as well with improvisation and creativity. And just getting that one bit that gives you that creativity, once you have it, you know, like, okay, now I can do this with this ragam, for that ragam. There's so many ragams that you can do it with. And the same with talims, like for calculations, you can think of so many different calculations. Like you're, and you'll know that so initially you learn a certain pattern so yeah. you learn like like two beat cycle yeah and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. and once you get your basics you have to have your fundamentals correct mm. once your fundamentals are right and you explore around them you can kind of get your figure out your own ways to figure out your own ways to twist those calculations and yeah. find your own patterns, find yeah. your own, find your own cardinal and sing it, sing it your own way. Yeah. So like Raga Alabanas, a lot of people, they tend to copy what their guru says. Yeah. Initially, that's what you should do because you just want to explore the Raga and see what different types of patterns you can, what kind of different kind of flows you can sing in, mm-hmm. what kind of works for you. Mm-hmm. And once you have that and you get past that obstacle, like you just get a flow and you you'll feel like okay now i can do this my own way i can yeah. i have the rules i have the limitations of the ragam but within a ragam you can do so much so, you can yeah. you can explore so much and yeah. there's so many the, the intricacies of carnatic music especially within a ragam so you have say you have a set ragam if you change one sangadi the mm-hmm. way you sing one note so if you say, say you took a ragam and for one particular note, you have emphasis. Mm-hmm. If you take away that emphasis, you could change that whole ragam. For example, Kamboji, Yadukula Kamboji and all mm-hmm. of those. If you change a slight emphasis on a particular note or you change the tiniest thing about, I'm trying to say this in simple terms, but yeah, yeah change like the slightest thing about it it could change ragam completely, completely yeah. there's a ragam i think it's darbar i'm not entirely sure okay. but um i think it's darbar if you sing that um at a certain speed it's darbar if you ch- change the speed of it the ragam changes oh wow okay 
I think it's that rod. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, if you change the speed of that rod, that ragam, it changes the whole yeah. ragam. So the, yeah, the point you're basically making is, coming to music, there's so much room for improve, like not improvement. Um, improvisation. Yeah, improvisation. But at the same time, you will need to keep into a certain limits, right? Otherwise, you change so the you whole. To, yeah. So you have to follow those specific rules, and the less you know, the easier it is to break those rules. Mm. Because when I was singing, I think I was singing um, a Kriti in Darbar, and my guru was like, my guru was like, um, wait, you can't sing at this speed because it changes ragam. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but it's the yeah. same note. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Was like, no, um, it changes the whole ragam. Mm. And just like, and there's so many different talons as well. Like, so it's not many. just it's not just the thirty-five sub the dollars. Yeah, that's a lot the, more than that, isn't it? It's a lot more. There's, I think, there was a talon that you literally go like this. I don't know. Like, obviously, people can't see it, but yeah, yeah. Um, you you hit and then you take it around. And I, I think I've remember, seen that, but yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, can't, I can't remember how many beats it is. I got told this years ago, and it's just so like. It's just so wide, like the amount of, the amount that stuff there is to know. Mm. There's just so much, mm-hmm. and that I think that's one thing about Carnatic music that will always like interest me. That yeah. it's just such a massive ocean, and there's just so much to learn, and exactly. the improvisations as well. Like. There's just so like so many a uh, same ragam can be improvised by different people in so many different yeah. ways. Yeah. Like if you, a big thing as well is listening. Listening is a massive thing. Yeah. Listening, listening. do you mean like on like YouTube and like going to concerts and yeah. stuff? Is that what I mean? Yeah. So going to concerts, listening on YouTube, and even just listening back on yourself. Yeah. Like if I watch a performance that I did, I literally I performed for cypher yeah um i played flute for the navratri series and even looking back at that i'm just like oh my god i could have played this so much better yeah yeah but i guess like there's so much you can find and critique from so many different sources and just listening and watching performances and going to attending performances and just like seeing them and watching them and listening has such a big impact on how much knowledge you Gain. yeah yeah and you don't realize it as well because it's so subconscious yeah, right um the thing is with with i don't know if you agree with this but with improvisation um whether you're a singer flutist merodagmist dance or whatever um do you feel like with with that you're only gonna like there's only going to be a certain number of people who see that improvisation who kind of actually appreciate it especially yeah. those on stage right like say you're like you play as a percussionist, if I play a corvée with, if I improvise the corvée, that mm-hmm. a simple corvée, only maybe, you know, a couple of people on stage and maybe the people in the front row would like, you'd be like, oh crap, I get that. But yeah. everyone else, it kind, of, it kind of goes over their head. So like, yeah. so like improvisation sometimes is like to me, I'm only going to, I'm only, that's, that's only going to like impress a certain handful of people. Yeah, Whereas I everyone guess, else, it will go. Yeah, I guess, um, when you're doing a performance, I guess you have to take into account the audience. Mm. The audience is very important. If they're a knowledgeable audience, you can show off your improvisation skills. You can show off your manual room. You can show off however many calculations you want yeah. and they'll understand because yeah. they have that knowledge to understand what you're doing. Yeah. 
But to a less uh, knowledge audience, they even though they enjoy the music, they may not understand the intricacies that you go through. Even yeah. though it sounds very nice, and they're like, "Oh my god, this sound is so nice," but may they not? They may not necessarily understand what exactly you're doing. Yeah. But um, I guess that's all up to audience as well, and you have yeah. to kind of cater for your audience. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, with um, Karanati music, there is, I feel like nowadays there aren't many young people advocating for it um obviously you see loads of people doing it on like instagram facebook and whatever but do you yeah. think do you think we should do more um to like promote it the same way other other things like are being promoted like i know cypher obviously is a is a big um organization and they're doing really well in terms of promoting that side of coronati music but do you feel like we need to encourage more young people to get into it yeah, I think definitely because it's such a pure, traditional, old art form. And I don't know, I feel like sometimes in the modern day, you just think, oh, like that's such an old art form, like it's a bit boring because yeah. it is very difficult to learn. And for some people, it can be boring. Yeah. So I guess the more you promote it, the more awareness you get about it and just like the depth of how rich the art form is yeah and you definitely need more like cypher's doing really well they're giving opportunities to young artists mm -hmm. and giving them giving us all a, like a platform to perform mm -hmm. and i feel like just breaking that breaking that thought that kinetic music can be boring like breaking that thought that is only for some people mm. I think it's really important. The same goes for dance, like Bharatanatyam. I see a lot of um, people on like Instagram and stuff like that who do a lot of mixing. Yeah. And yeah, it's nice. But at the same time, uh, people need to understand the richness of classical dance. Yeah, yeah. Even though like you are mixing it with, I guess to appeal to an audience on Instagram, you do want to like, give it a kind of modern twist yeah which would appeal to a lot more people than just a certain number of people yeah and but at the same time I think there should be like an implementation that oh this art form is the richest like one of the richest art Definitely. forms out there yeah. and that shouldn't be lost and that mm. should be carried on through generations yeah but it's just a matter of fact of how can you carry this on how how are you going to bring that awareness about yeah. like the other day literally yesterday i posted a um like a karnatic or like a shloka mm. and it's got a lot less views than my other posts mm. and my other covers and i i don't know if that's because it's traditional so not a lot of people understand it or if it's just i don't know like i feel like because it is a lot more traditional a lot less people understand it yeah and hence they can't really connect with what i'm trying to do yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense like i think that's just that's just life isn't it not just um, music yeah. but i guess generally like even when people don't understand something they don't really engage with it yeah they um, don't and that's normal that's natural and it's completely yeah, fine yeah but i feel like there should be that awareness that actually this is 
one of the richest art forms and it should be known that it should be known by a lot of people that actually this is like one of the greatest art forms you can have yeah definitely and yeah definitely i think what you said about mixing was quite a quite a good um piece of it's not it's not advice but i i do get where you're coming from because i remember like a couple of years ago at our university we did um diwali show one one segment was classical dance yeah. so um when when i went when i saw it wherever it literally wasn't classical dance like they were the the whole piece was there was elements of classical yeah but it was just hip-hop songs and hip-hop whatever do you get me yeah the thing um, is like i feel like it's wrong to label something it's very wrong to label something classical when you're not doing it classical like yeah. call it semi semi-classical i appreciate i appreciate watching those that mix dances like the, those that mix um like do fusions and stuff yeah but in that case call it a fusion don't call it a classical because yeah. that's just that's just um taking away what classical art is actually is exactly yeah and what you talked about being fine arts being an intricate art form mm. because dance is also very intricate you yeah. kind of it's, it's a bad word to use but i'm going to say it polluting it with yeah exactly other, other other stuff you're gonna yeah. take the richness like you said out of dance yeah um, and people the less people are just gonna understand it do you get me like and i feel like just taking that richness out yes it is appealing to more people yeah but at the same time you you want to try and make everyone understand the richness of the art form and classical dance especially i feel um classical dance to watch it you need to have some sort of understanding and so personally our teacher what she does is she gives so we give demos before we do the dance. So at my Aranga gym, before every piece, I did a demo. So my compare would speak and mm. I would show my actions and any movements that I thought the, that would tell the story that I'm trying to depict. And then I would do the dance so that they could understand and also like engage with my performance. And yeah. it wasn't just, oh yeah, some girl's just dancing on stage, moving her hands about yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, and I think go that, on. yeah. yeah. No, I think that's really important because losing that richness in future generations, you don't know, like you want to, we want to uphold that richness of the art form and yeah, like mix it, fusion, do like semi-classical and everything. But at the same time, don't forget your roots. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very important. I remember going to your, your dance arangator and it didn't feel like an arangator to me. Um, It felt like a, like a dance lesson in a good way in a good way yeah in a good way because I do remember what you're saying um yeah and I did come out of it thinking because for me dance I never I never like vibed with it I never liked it but then as I grew older I understood the the richness like you said the importance of it and going to Arangate which kind of depicted the whole story um why you're doing these certain actions and you start to understand a lot more yeah and you start appreciating you yeah it's important because you want your you want to engage with your audience you want to you want them to understand what you're doing yeah you don't just want it to be like oh yeah I'm doing my dance show um I just want you guys to come watch and then literally like for them to fall asleep in the seat yeah yeah you you want them to understand what you're doing you want to engage with them so for that for that to happen you need to explain what you're doing because 
nowadays a lot of people don't understand and it's and for, especially for an arangidan you get a wide range of people so i li- at my dance one i literally had people like from my school friends mm. to masters and teachers yeah. like uh, carnatic musicians i had carnatic musicians and my school friends and so in order for like even though the carnatic musicians and the dancers would understand what i'm doing yeah my school friends wouldn't so yeah, exactly. i needed to give them some sort of context and some sort of explanation of what i was doing yeah um so it's important that you give an explanation for what you're doing and so that you don't lose that richness of the art form so you're not compromising on the richness of the art form to explain a story without explaining it in words yeah yeah now that that's worded really well um i think it's at the end of the day as well you're an entertainer like like you yeah. said you're on when people sleep because then you fail your job as an entertainer people not for an arrangement but generally people are paying to see you yeah, exactly. and they want their money's worth what you get me so yeah. if they come up you know like, you know what she played really well or he danced really well then mm. obviously you did your job as an entertainer yeah. how I, yeah like and then you're there to obviously show off your skills but at the same time preserve the richness of carnatic yeah. music and fine arts and mm-hmm. um, obviously sticking to the boundaries but at the same time you know just being you want to explore flexible at the same exploring time. that's the way yeah. yeah which is and because different people have different takes on different dialogue songs and stuff yeah exactly that's why carnatic music is such a rich um yeah. genre rich culture i feel like a lot more people can tap into not just they don't need to like sort of start playing right away they can obviously mm. start by like watching youtube even just listening is such a massive thing like i know some of my friends who've lost touch ages ago with carnatic music yeah they still enjoy and they enjoy listening to yeah. um shows and music and just just having that interest to even listen or enjoying that specific piece or anything that's even a step mm. to understanding the the richness of the amazing like the amazing how amazing fine arts is yeah yeah and I think you describe religion as like an ocean. Well, Hinduism is an ocean, right? I guess yeah. you can say Carnatic music is also an ocean. Yeah, that we kind of is definitely an ocean. I feel like also with like dance, with dance specifically, you need to understand not only dance. You don't. You need to understand more than just the mudras and the footwork. Yeah. You need to understand body language. You need to understand music. You need to understand thalam. So yeah, for me, it was quite. um i guess it was a lot easier to put things together in dance just because i knew music and through my brother i knew mridangam so i knew thalam i knew lyam mm. and all of that so it was i guess it was an asset to me having the music knowledge and also a bit of mridangam knowledge as well yeah definitely so then it would make my dance journey a lot easier yeah and I guess like as a as a Bharatanatyam dancer you do when you take like when you learn and these exams that you do and stuff um you are required to sing you are required to say stolkatte and be essentially konagol yeah in parliament and stuff yeah. so it's in so 
I guess in that ocean, like you need to know quite a bit. Yeah. And even now, like I literally know like the tiniest bit. Mm-hmm. I have so much to learn. Um, but growing and growing up, you just understand how everything interlinks religion, yeah. music, dance, yeah. um, rhythm, everything interlinks with each other. Yeah. Even at the temple, when they say mandras, mm. um, I think you're meant, I think someone told me this, but I don't know like if they still do it, but you're meant to say the chants in a specific um, tune, in a specific talam. Okay. So if you listen to like um, when the ayahs say their mandrams, yeah. they say it in a specific tune. That's true, specific- yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd notice that. Like, next time yeah. you go to the temple, like, notice how they say it in a specific rhythm and a specific yeah. tune. And so even in religion, like, music is such a big part. Mm. And everything kind of comes together as one, mm. I guess. Yeah. that's. I think that's a good place to sort of end on um, the whole how everything interlinks, how everything is an ocean, but at the same time just exploring one part of it will open up all these other avenues. Yeah, Do you get I me? Mean? And because because of the whole, um, the fact that there's so much to explore, it just makes things really exciting on your toes. They just yeah. want to keep on learning. Like there is not like other disciplines where there's kind of an end to yeah. it. Um, and with Karnata music, grades don't, Matter. Grades mean nothing. They mean Grades nothing. mean nothing. Yeah, they're literally just yeah, like a... Yeah, it's literally just what you're learning. Yeah, exactly. How you're, how you're taking that in. That's yeah. what really matters. Mm. And like grades literally mean nothing. Grades yeah. are just there to give you a guidance on, just to keep you... I, I feel like grades are there for the people that do it for their parents and just want to say, yeah, I've done grade one. I've, yeah. done, I've done grade yeah. five. Yeah. Um, and... It's just to see, like, see your progress in a way. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, grades literally mean nothing. Yeah, that's that's why I feel like it's hard to judge someone. Like with with Western music, if I go to someone and be like, "Oh, I do, I do violin," that they're, they're usually like, "What grade did you do?" Okay, I did yeah. grade six, grade seven. Then they kind of have an idea. Whereas if I yeah. do the same thing with Merodangam, I'm like, if I say I'm like grade five, grade six, but I know I've done so many concerts and stuff, it's yeah. kind of like a misleading thing. Yeah, and also stage experience is a very like big thing yeah. for the fine arts. Stage experience is massive because, as you said, like at the end of the day, you are an entertainer, and yeah. that experience you get on stage is completely different to what you get in lessons. Definitely. And I feel like it's good that a lot of teachers nowadays are doing annual shows, and like I know, like Master would send his kids everywhere, like, mm. every week, mm. some every week some of his kids will be playing somewhere yeah and like just giving them that opportunity to perform on stage to other people it also builds your confidence and like it just it just changes your whole view on on fine arts yeah definitely um stage presence stage experience is such a big thing and making mistakes is also such a big thing the amount of times I've fallen on stage when I was dancing. <laughs> but that's that's the thing, like you kind of learn from those mistakes. You become yeah. like one thing that I remember Master tell, telling me is after after a show, obviously there'll be people coming up to you telling you what you did well and telling you what you did bad. 
don't listen to people who tell you that they, what you did well you did listen well, to yeah, yeah do you get me exactly. listen to the people that tell you what you did bad yeah. um and that's always stuck with me not just in music just generally in every discipline yeah. um and stage i think experience you don't realize how important and instilled within you it is yeah. until you start doing shows and you're like wait this doesn't feel like a show because yeah you're exactly. so comfortable on stage that's what happened like with my Arangism because I had the opportunity to perform before whether it was like in a group or as a solo because I had that experience it kind of made me more excited rather mm. than nervous to yeah. perform on the day of my debut performance yeah so I literally on the day of my Arangism I told Miss Miss was like are you okay and I was like yeah I'm actually really excited and she was like okay that's good and I was like I don't know if I'm nervous or if I'm excited or if I'm both and she was like I think you need to be a bit nervous. Yeah, yeah. Just because, like, you need a bit of, like, scare in you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. she was like, it's good that you're excited. And I guess just having that experience just makes things a lot easier, not only in, like, finance life, just general life as well. It boosts your confidence. Like, Definitely. talking to people, Yeah. I'm such a shy person. Like, yeah, when yeah. I yeah. first... <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, like, I first met, for example, you, I just never spoke. Yeah, we never did. Yeah, I was yeah. the one speaking all the time, but that's just me. Yeah. But that is obviously, you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like now, because I have all that stage experience, because mm. I've been connecting with different musicians and artists, yeah. and you have to do that as an artist. Mm. Um, you have that experience of speaking to people, which makes it a bit easier. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it just helps, helps you and just gives you loads of skills that you can just... Yeah, and it gives you a discipline as well, which is definitely, good, which is yeah. needed. Yeah, definitely needed in like today's world. Um, but yeah, I think this we can literally go on for hours and yeah, hours yeah. talking about yeah. um, Karnati music. Um, so just to end on, I guess I'll try to put a break on it because I feel like yeah. otherwise we're going to spend ages. Yeah, we actually are. Um, I know you do covers on Instagram. Yeah. Um, what can we expect from you in the future? that's a big question that is a big question um I no mean, pressure I, though <laughs> I mean I only started that because I was a lot of people had been saying to me why don't you just like put yourself out there yeah. why don't you show people that you have some sort of talent and I was like I mean firstly I don't have any equipment I mean if you listen to my covers they're very raw mm. like very raw um and I guess in the future well I do want to kind of um get some awareness for the fine arts so carnatic music and also dance especially yeah I want to get some awareness for dance um obviously I haven't started doing that but Mm. hopefully in the next few years I will yeah and I guess what you can expect from me I guess I just want to kind of share my enjoyment of the arts and not only the arts, but just like cinema songs, Mm. English songs, Western Mm. songs. Um, Like, I just want to share my enjoyment and love for music and dance on a platform. And yeah, I guess that's about it. No, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I do want to... Obviously, I'm not going to say anything right now because, like, if I don't do it, then that's just a bit of an L. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I do want to like do.
do more things with regards to Carnatic music and dance, especially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can kind of expect, I guess, more covers for now. Yeah. Um, being at university is a bit hard because I do live in halls. Yeah. So just recording is just a bit of a, it might be a bit of a hassle for the others. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, you can expect a couple more covers maybe and maybe some more Carnatic influence. And hopefully some more dance stuff, Brilliant. maybe in the next few years. Yeah, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, all all in your all, all in your own time because obviously yeah. you have loads of things going on, and yeah. I think it's nice to also have someone else um, to sort of advocate for the fine arts. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people who do do it. I guess it's just the people that you see. Some people. Um, you just need to follow the right people, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think because we're in, in in a field where we know loads of people in the fine arts field. Yeah. There are people who obviously advocate for it, but for people yeah. who might not have tapped into that realm, um, have kind of need to obviously look, look, watch yeah. watching your covers and following people like cipher and stuff is a good yeah. way to start off um, your interest. Mine's not very. Mine's not very. Um carnatic or bernardian bass at the moment no but you do have that experience don't you and you you've featured on obviously the noir three series so like people can watch you on that to tap into that that world yeah exactly Um, but anyway thank you so much for talking to me um thanks for having me it's all right thank you for listening to this rendition of fresh of the boat be sure to follow the instagram and listen to the other brilliant guests we have had on the past